Episode 150. Let's go. What's up, guys? Welcome back. Quick reminder, um, obviously, we're dropping you back into the middle of the conversation from yesterday, so I just want to give you Cliff Notes version to jog your memory. Remember, we were talking all about mitigating distractions. He had already gone through, Jeremy had already gone through some of his habits throughout the day. He was talking about his uh, childhood and a little bit of the limiting beliefs that he was given. He started to talk about um, teachers being a level above the thought leader's uh, which then fueled down into the influencers and from there the masses. And at this point, he was going in a philosophical question where he was going to ask, if I was at the top of a house, a two-story house, and I were going to jump off, which way would I go? So without any further ado, let's drop you back into the middle of that cliffhanger, guys, and let's start there. Let me ask you a question, right? If you um, went and stood on top of your house, say it was two stories tall, you just decided to walk off the side of the roof. Which way would you go? Towards a pool. Okay. And so why would you go? If, if I went to a cliff, in the same scenario, I just walk straight off the cliff. Where do I go? Right? Okay. If I jump out of an airplane, where do I go? If I stand up right now and I jump, what's going to happen? Which way am I going to get pulled back down? I'm going to get back down to the earth. The logic of what I'm describing is just by observation, not by somebody having to tell you, that like Isaac Newton saying law of gravity, law of, law of gravity exists. Yeah. You just got to observe it. And as soon as you see that in your day, you're exposed to these things called universal law. Universal law is like gravity. It's like, dude, fucking jump off your roof. You're going to fall to the ground. Yeah. <laughs> fall, so fall these, down. You're going to fall down. These so ubiquitous truths. These ubiquitous truths. Every single like water, day. Right? In, business, in business, for example, it's like there are just universal laws that no matter what business you're in, literally does not matter the industry. There are the same exact principles, truths, and what are, you know, maybe simplified into like the parameters for how you can act within the yep. structure, right? Yep. So if you can find just the parameters, right, you can immediately say, well, if I understand the parameters for people that are preaching entrepreneurial information and success advice, well, what are the parameters of that information? Well, if you look at just what could fit inside of that category, you'd immediately find like, most of those personality brands that exist now typically go back like one age to the ones that die. So sure, typically sure. find a lot of what's preached in the older personality brands is typically what the new personality brands teach. And what the new personality brands teach, who coincidentally is what all the teens that think they're personality brands and, and teachers and coaches and things like that will teach. And then because all of this literal information is just getting passed down, it's actually what Freemasons believe. They have uh, on the Beverly Hills Freemason Center, there's a statue where um, there's just each person is like handing off something to the left. So it's just like the passing down of information is like a sacred truth that just exists everywhere. And, uh, you know, everybody has a different take on it. And technically the information can evolve through time. Yet that's as simple as it is. It's like, if you look at people like the, the Grants, Gary's, Lewis Howes, Ty Lopez's, uh, even Tony Robbins, you know, Tony Robbins very frequently uh, talks about all of his mentors that have taught him what it is uh, that he knows today. He talks about Jim Rohn. Jim Rohn was a success teacher who was in his prime in like the late 70s and early 80s, right? You can go online, you can watch all his stuff. You can easily see the similarities between 
what somebody's saying, even in some of their voice patterns, in some of, the, in some of their tones, you can hear, hear who they might actually watch more or less based on who it is that they're talking most like in the pattern of speech. You know, but a lot of people just, like I said, they don't look for this stuff. And I don't blame them because you don't, you don't look for what it is you don't, you don't seek or have a need to see. So I see all this stuff literally just because I'm in the personality branding space. I have that heightened perspective because I'm just constantly looking at the same thing. You know, if you look at your hand every single day, I guarantee that by seven days later, you're going to see something different about the same exact thing you looked at. You're going to see a deeper yeah. perspective on the same concept. All right. So what are you looking at in yourself right now that you, that's a paradigm you're trying to shift? Like where, what are you trying to move out of right now? Yeah, good, good question. So a lot of what I found with studying neurology is that uh, like books like Incognito, The Leading Brain, Neuro Wisdom, um, those three books all read like sequentially, like literally blew my mind to where I realized I'm every human is an emotional being, like we're, we're driven through a process of information neurologically of like how it's processed. I've never understood that my actual left and right hemisphere have the ability to actually communicate to each other in a way that's not just synapses, but to my conscious mind is interpreted as a voice, when in reality, it's just a series of electronic synapses firing off. I've never found more about myself to where I've been really confused in a sense with having the right data uncovered, but having to now like connect the dots on the right data. So just recently, I've really, I've really connected the dots and I found that the best way for me to operate is from that high performance perspective where in real time, as emotions come, the best word I could give everybody after studying neurology is the word identify. So like if you have a feeling or a thought or anything that just comes up in your mind, it might not actually be like a conscious thought that you just thought of. It might actually just be your left and right hemisphere, which is your, you know, part of your subconscious and your lower conscious mind that's literally just communicating internally and a thought just happens to like be heard by you or interpreted, at which point you don't have to actually identify with it. That was like the best thing I learned. You can literally just like, in real time have these things get heard. But if you understand that they're not actually you thinking it and you just are aware that it's more of an observation state that you can be in, you can look at yourself that way. Sure. It's unreal how out of yourself you, you become. So yep. you've already had the capacity over the last like four years to in any time, in any moment, in any like environment I'm in to like, you know, take myself out of my body in a sense and look at life from a different perspective and viewpoint. That's, that's how empathy works with relating to others. But I found that Recently, like the level in which I've taken my knowledge to, I've read a book called A Happy Pocket Full of Money. First chapter talks about a wealth conscious and the second chapter and onward through chapters 20 talk about metaphysics and it talks about everything around us being made. So every single thing matters, made up of molecules, molecules made up of atoms. Atoms are made up of subatomic transdimensional particles called electrons. Electrons are positive or negative. So a happy pocket full of money talks about if you have a wealth conscious where you're constantly seeking to constantly, literally in all moments, in all, every single thing that you ever do and ever, how can I give value to it? You'll actually on a, on a literal metaphysical level, since every single thing is made up of electrons around you, from a quantum entanglement perspective, shift in real time through observation of something, it's electrons either positively or negatively. So for example, right now, if I give value to everybody on this podcast, right? Anybody who's actually having headphones in or just hearing this right now or having the opportunity to have something shift inside of them through these words are actually literally in real time entangled with me in this current time space wherever and whenever they're listening to us. Somebody can listen to this in a year and what's happening right now in this exact moment from a quantum physics perspective would affect somebody in a year, which means time and space don't technically matter, that quantum entanglement can be proven and that something now in this time and space can completely affect something different. So it really messed up my perspective because 
I'm a very logical being and I understand very deep things. So what I'm trying to explain to you, and I'll simplify all of it rather than going too deep, is that every single moment, every single decision you ever make ever literally affects every single past, current, and future potential and probable existence that you could live. Every single thing ever does exist. Every option, every opportunity, every decision does exist in a different paradigm, in a different universe from how quantum physics expressed it. And not from opinion, just from once again, data of quantum physics. And we technically, through our decisions and what we draw ourselves to and what we observe are technically more defined, more possible, and become definite points within the future time space as long as we continue in real time to make decisions based on that observation of a future event. So what I found in a nutshell is, is that every single success principle I've ever learned, every single you know, psychological, neurological, like sociological component of life, not only was surface level compared to the depth that I thought it had, it actually literally didn't matter because the observation of a future event and the continuation of that observation on, a, on an actual metaphysical level defines the probability into a definite opportunity that will occur. And then every single day, the decisions that we make and the actions we take by literally just saying, I'm moving towards that definite goal, that definite thing is happening, that is actually a, a, a thing. Once again, it's not like I'm saying a goal exists. Like I'm literally trying to tell you, like the actual time space of what's happening around you right now, you have to understand, does actually exist in every moment and every possible opportunity for how it could exist. And your ability to understand that and move towards it and make it a definite and observe it and literally break down what it looks like, feels like, and how it is, is actually your ability to move towards it in real time. And every time you don't make a decision towards it, you literally move away from it and make it less probable. So it messed me up because it's like, do you even have to think of all the deep stuff anymore? Or is it just like, could you simplify all of it and just say, you know, everything's a definite. I'm absolutely certain of it. And every single decision I make is going to be towards that goal. Because then truly the high performance mindset comes out where you realize how emotional you are, even if you think you're high performance, where you realize all of the inefficiencies we have just by, just by like being what we are. It's been crazy to me to realize how inefficient I am and how much I have to work on myself that makes me say like, well, if I'm already this high performance and this efficient, like I'm really excited to get to the next level, but damn, like it's a heavy, heavy, deep data I've uncovered. <laughs> so you, you, you dropped it down to a binary. It sounds like, like, yes, it's moving towards, no, it does not nice and easy. Yes or no. What's your deductive reasoning process when you're split in between that decision in that, that like, you want to go back to metaphysics in that metaphysical moment where you've split yourself to all the different levels of dimensions yeah. and probability because I'm right there with you, but yeah. then there's that moment of choice and decision is the ultimate yeah. power, right? So like once you decide, you go, you move towards or away, what helps you get clear on what decision to make? Well, dude, it's so crazy because it's like the little test. So like I'm standing outside of an elevator the other day and there's three elevators, okay? So I'm standing right in the middle of it and this is right after I read this book and I just try to once again always apply the data I learned, okay? So there's three elevators and each one of them just like a stereotypical elevator, like, you know, on the side of it, not on the door, but like you know, on the side it has the up arrow and the down arrow. Yeah. So like in this, in this moment when I walk up and I press the button to go up, okay, there are three different opportunities. So there's a 33% chance in either direction that one of said elevators will show up Sure. And there are technically three different arrows. So once again, 33% odds in each area that one of those lights will show up. This is all I did, okay? On a, on, a, on a perspective of quantum physics, I tried in real time with the power of intention and certainty. I literally pressed the button 
and literally so hardcore. I looked at the up arrow on one elevator and I literally understood the book in this moment. I, I literally just in my mindset, not just envisioned or like did the, the BS like manifestation stuff. I literally just pictured in my mind. Like, like when you watch a movie and the movie flashbacks, you know, okay, I just pictured a future event because I can do that. I can create a visual in my head of this elevator light just flat, like ting. I picture what it looked like. Literally, I just kept looking at it, kept having that, that exact image flashed in my head. I'm AKA observing an event that could occur. So rather than now the 33% probable opportunity, I've now at least outweighed those probable odds to be like an 80, 10 and 10. Sure. That's the, that's the logic of quantum physics is that when you actually observe an event occurring and with certainty and intention, quantum physics tells you because everything is made up of electrons that are flashing in and out of different dimensions. And that's a whole different conversation. Yeah. We have the ability to affect on a quantum level, every single thing around us by entangling ourselves with it, using our intention and certainty towards it. And in this moment, the elevator light dings, the exact elevator that I wanted to come up shows up and the exact, almost like literally the sound, the light. I had it off by like a centimeter for what it would look like in my mind. And it was so sweet because I was like, oh, shit. And I was like, life just got so real right here. <laughs> and every opportunity that I've had since, I mean, it's benign to say that, you know, the, the limitations of my own life at this point are just my limitations of um, strategically thinking forward and giving myself the daily time to push power and certainty towards those future observed events that I want to have occur. That's how I've had to simplify my own like goals and you know movements of understanding everything around us. Cause as much as I want to ignore all this deep like time space and you know relativity and reality and dimensions and like why things are made up of the way they are, I not only don't want to ignore that, like I love that stuff. I want to be a treasure hunter one day. I want to be like Graham Hancock going and looking at the pyramids and talking about why they are the way they are. I love Graham Hancock's books, but long story short, it's like, you know, while being a business person, you don't have to ignore these things. You just can't let it overwhelm you. A lot of people who might listen to this podcast might study these things and be like, oh, that makes me like hurt my, hurt my brain. Yeah, dude, it does. Like I struggle with the information. It almost made me depressed for a minute just because I became so aware of how everybody else is, why they are the way they are. And like, how aware that other people just don't give a shit about the same things and the depth that I chose to care about and that, that I chose to study and look at them as. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just that same perspective I had in Ohio of being okay with being alone, being okay with being the one who can move yourself forward and like finding those just like you, just like everyone's podcast who might relate to these things, might have a conversation about it and you might go even deeper, but like, that's the best part of life. The deeper you go, the less people you find, but the more, uh, you know, the more, the more deep and the more meaningful and the more life is, you know, the more it becomes. Um, yeah. Not overwhelming yourself with this stuff, though, is where, is where it all matters to you. you all right, really, so let's really talk practicality, right? Let's filter yeah. this. Let's distill this into, because you yeah. and I understand this. I can at least, and far enough in my discovery and in, in, in my level of understanding to at least follow you closely, but not hit the level of depth I'd like to be able to go. But yeah. the practicality aspect, when, if you're the person who... Uh, let's talk about a pure pivot the people that know realize they're in a lifestyle or a situation that they no longer desire to be the desire they're pulling they're they're making all the right steps to go in the next direction okay what would you say to the individual who's in that in that crux right they're in that pivot point that inflection point like when when the whole universe is swirling around them trying to trying to construct the reality that they are pulling towards themselves Mm -hmm. draw it into fruition when it doesn't exist yet 
Exactly. So what do you, what would you say to those people who, to need patience really, but like at the end of the day, they have to give time for the universe to react to the ripples of thought, which they are projecting, like talk, talk some sense into the Great practicality question. of that. Love this podcast. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, so with simplifying everything that was just described, right? That's exactly why I educate on it. It's exactly why I choose to understand it. It's taken me years of literal self-education, mentors, random conversations, those little things that you hear that you pack into what it is that you know about things to, to just get to the perspective I have of how I can simplify this knowledge to people. But I wouldn't tell you to simplify. I would tell you to start with this simple truth and then allow your reality to change with it. See the results. Like when I read that book about quantum physics, I didn't understand quantum entanglement. I'm not a quantum physicist. I don't understand any of this shit. Yet all I did was take the logic from the book, went out, looked at an elevator light, tried out exactly what the book told me and bing, it worked. And all of a sudden, all the dots connected in my head. And now I had that truth. So at the level you're at when life just sucks, okay? Hear me out. I moved from Denver to Miami. I had 125 bucks, okay? This is a made up story. $125, I drove 33 hours across the country from Denver to Miami. I sat on suitcases for months as my living room furniture. I had an air bed that popped bi-weekly that would have to go and exchange at Walgreens because I couldn't buy another one. So I'd be the broke boy going in my box, stuffing my fucking air bed in it and swapping it out literally bi-weekly. How would I get there? Great question. I would go out to my 96 Toyota Camry that would have to fill up with power steering fluid every time I wanted to drive it because literally it didn't hold power steering fluid for more than about nine hours. And that was if I could afford power steering fluid at the time. So long story short, in that time, life wasn't very uh, validating is the word I like. To ah, use. Okay. Like my, my outward uh, environment was not the way to judge my success. You know, drawing things into fruition is a process, right? You have to understand cycles. You have to know that things start somewhere and they end somewhere, right? Think of just a human. Let's simplify this whole thing, okay? When a human's born... This is how you can relate every activity you're ever a part of ever to because you understand how humans work, right? Yep. They're born, they're a baby. They can't talk. They can't even eat food. You have to feed the baby. They don't even know they're eating half the time. I don't know how a baby knows to swallow right away, right? Half the time you put food in their mouth, literally like when they're fresh out and they just slob the shit out. <laughs> then it. If it goes in, that's why they make baby food the way it is. I'm sure it literally just like slides down somehow and that's how they get nutrition. It confuses me. Hear me out though, okay? A baby eventually learns to talk. First, it learns to crawl, you know, eventually learns to walk a little bit. Then somehow, right, it gets social and it figures out like parents and like it evolves, you know, maybe you put it in preschool eventually. Your, your boy or your little girl now is talking to other kids. They might even have a friend. You're just watching these two precious humans that are like three and four years old. It's laughable to you as an adult where you get to see these little, these little kids. Like talk about my, uh, my little brother, he's 12 and he, was, he has a buddy and he has a girlfriend, I guess. And the buddy goes, hey, I think your girlfriend's cheating on you. And my little brother goes, uh, oh, really? Is it with you? And the other little kid goes, yeah. And like my little brother and little kid just laugh. And I was like, <laughs> I was like what the hell is that? So, so long story short, it's like precious to observe these little social moments where it'd be completely different if you like evolved past that, right? But hear me out. You would never take a baby if you're a parent as a baby's going from crawling to walking and as it stands up and it's barely holding on to something or like it's holding on to the parent's hand and it's barely walking around, you would not insult the little baby. You know, you wouldn't push the little baby down. You would encourage it. You'd be like, keep walking. Like you're doing great. Like here's how you walk. Like, and you would show the little baby how to do it. Right. You would have to realize that a baby, if it was just born and left in the middle of wherever the, fuck the baby's born and just left would not survive 
without basic nutritional components that supplement it when it doesn't even know how to feed itself, without the parents that are giving it time, energy, and attention and educating it and mentoring it on exactly what it needs to do just to learn how to walk, talk, socialize, behave, uh, piss in a toilet and not shit on the floor. So I, you get the idea of what I'm trying to say here? Most people, when they have a, a business or a new opportunity that they're starting or they're going from sitting on suitcases, their airbed popping biweekly, having $125 in their pocket, selling phones in Costco, right? To change your reality, you don't necessarily want to be in the state of a baby and act like you can already speak Mandarin and do big business with top level CEOs that are on the Fortune 500 list, right? You wouldn't put a baby in a boardroom and expect it to close a deal. You would have to understand, once again, the process of cycles. Dependent on where things are, are dependent on when what is needed and when it can self-sustain itself. Dependent on what it is that's required for a cycle to sustain itself is dependent on what resources time, energy, and attention is going to go into nourishing that. When you choose to start a business, you're the parent and you just had a baby and you've got to give it time, energy, and attention. You've got to get it the right nutrition, just like a baby, dude. You can't take your eye off a baby. You got to hold it. You got to burp it. You got to carry it around everywhere you go. You got to let it sleep at you next to night. Like it's going to wake you up a few times throughout the night when it first starts. You first have a baby, it's going to cry. It's going to suck. Like every parent who's ever existed, who had a kid, they're going to literally say the same thing. They're going to be like, dude, kids fucking suck. But then as a kid gets a little older, Every parent shifts. Every parent's like, oh, look at this. They even think it's <laughs> sometimes. You know, they think the baby's cute. Just like you when you start a business, you're like, look at the cute little guy. You talk about your business that way. Yeah, I just started this thing. You know, it's pretty cute. It's a little small, but you know, I got it going. Yeah. Yeah. And then, there's other times where it's crying and you're like, I hate that baby, dude. Oh, you know, give it up for adoption, right? <laughs> and then there's other times, once again, as the baby progresses, it gets older, it goes into preschool, goes into elementary school, et cetera, et cetera. You get the point. So your, your idea, your business, your entire lifestyle evolves, but it starts off in an infancy stage and you got to understand intangible assets that you have to apply to it. Time, energy, attention, those are intangible assets. That's not money. It doesn't take money to start up a business. I made $500,000 in a year at age 22 with zero dollars starting off because I just understood I needed to send emails. I needed to make communication cycles occur. I needed to realize that everything I was doing was in a very infancy stage. I shouldn't project or compare myself to existing businesses or to mentors that have successful businesses that I'm starting up. You got to realize where you're at in the cycle and you got to give the cycle and whatever it is that you're doing the right amount of whatever it is that's required for it in that phase of the cycle to get it to the next phase and then et cetera and then et cetera and then et cetera. So long story short, these transitional points in cycles occur just from being aware of them because you don't treat, for example, a middle schooler like you would a baby. It would be illogical for you to have that same behavior and to treat the same exact thing that you're handling throughout the cycle. Once again, as it gets to the middle school stage, you wouldn't, you wouldn't treat that kid now that's in middle school like a baby anymore. It wouldn't make sense. You wouldn't try to breastfeed in middle school. Right? Sure. Be hor- like literally be like socially wrong, right? right? That's exactly what happens. Sometimes people treat their startup that's not a startup anymore like a startup. You know, they're still trying to bootstrap things. Sometimes people don't realize that they're at points in their business where they might have to consider investments and VCs funding and and different things that they have no idea they might need at different points because even I right now at month 19 in my business, you know, I'm like, well, what's next? You know, what's the next phase now that I'm this far into the cycle, right? What does my cycle need as far as me putting into it or whoever or whatever needs to get put into it for it to evolve to the next point? And the next point, in my opinion, I consider my business to be like a, like a preteen. You know, it's going through the phase where like now they're learning more of the advanced social stuff. They're, they're in high school now where they deal with a lot of stuff. And then after they get out of high school, 
typically go through a little rough patch, but then they're self-efficient. I want to get my business to a point where it's self-efficient so I can eventually sell it. So, right, you have, to, you have to know the process. You have to know where you're at. So I'm currently just adding value into it left and right in order to eventually sell once again. But you got to know where it's at so you can treat it where you need to treat it based on where it's at in the cycle. But um, simple answer, I guess, what's into what I just described for everybody that's just listening right now. All this, all this fancy stuff is just a process of you being able to simplify the whole thing. If you just trust the process and you just become aware of where it's all at on the process cycle, you can, in a very simple way, very simple way of saying it, just have the actual mental capacity to comfort yourself and say, even though I literally just started this right now in this exact moment, as long as I continue watering the seed, the plant will grow. If I give it sunlight, the plant will grow, right? If I give all of what it is that is required of me to this thing, it will get to the point it needs to be at. But yet a baby once again, won't just be able to go sit in a boardroom. You got to literally educate it, nurture it and give it all that's necessary and required and educate the shit out of it until it gets to that point where it has the capacity. If I persist without exception, my success is guaranteed. So you talk about success, my man, what, what is success? How have you defined success for yourself? Yeah, it comes in a state where you're pursuing peak potential. You have happiness from it. Um, you're also, whether your environment is validating you or you're validating yourself, I think that both of those components need to really align. I think that once people get to a state where their external environment at least matches what internally is desired and happiness is there. I think that that, in my opinion, is success. Every time that I've had um, a moment where I want to shift my environment and keep in mind change is the only constant in life, um, you know, I have the opportunity uh, to change my environment. During those times, I don't want to say I'm unhappy, but my happiness level is lowered because I'm having to exert more brain power and activity. So every time I'm in the right environment, not necessarily comfortable, but still growing, still pursuing my peak potential, my environment matches with what it is I'm internally desiring. I find just absolute peak success inside of there because that's where I reach different levels of flow, different levels of capacity that I can't reach otherwise, just whole different levels that aren't otherwise uh, able to be reached. So it's incredible. Um, but, you know, comes at different times. Sustained flow state, which is what you've been in for the last hour. Or so where, yeah. where do you feel? Where do you, I got to this point and as a professional athlete, you get really conditioned to be able to exist in flow state for long, sustained amount of periods because you train at peak levels, right? So yep. that is why we are highly conditioned machines. Same with, <laughs> same with, with soldiers, same with people that could get put in high pressure situations and are forced to condense their focus into high yep. performance. So as I uh, funnel this back down to the, the, the its purest form, man, yep. where, where or what are you doing every single day that are your tactics to enter flow state and to stay in flow state in an extended amount of time to where at some point, hopefully, more of your day is existent inside flow state instead of outside of flow state? Yeah, absolutely. Mitigating distraction. So it's having times a day where like my phone is just in the corner of my office and, and uh, it's in like airplane mode and I'm not touching it. Like I'm just doing a specific task or I'm just knocking out everything in my, uh, in my list. Every single day, literally, once again, my, by, by somehow seeking efficiencies in my day where I can be more productive, more efficient and just have better results in each moment. That's why I seek flow state so much in that high performance mode is because it comes from a concentrated focus. It comes from mitigating distraction comes from simplifying your environment to have what you need to nourish you to be in that flow state. Like when I have 
you know, a juice or I have like some random snacks around me that's more brain food when I have water. You know, if I've gone to the bathroom, if I have like whatever it is I need camera wise, my like power power supply is good on stuff and I just need to knock out computer stuff and put my phone in the quarter room. Environmentally, I'm good. I'm surrounded by whiteboards. If I need to, to map out an idea, I'm good, right? In the flow state, um, I think by by going into flow state and then being aware of what takes you out and just being aware of when you're in it helps you optimize it for longer periods of time. So there's times you can slip into it accidentally. And then there's times where you officially become aware of flow state. You become aware of like extending it. And um, I found rather than just seeking efficiencies, it also comes mitigating distractions. So every single day I do do a combination of those two things, make things easier, better, more productive, and uh, make things less distractive, more, more concentrated in my ability to focus and get results in that area. How, how often are you having a conversation with your future self when it comes to that visualization process you're talking about yeah. and that conduit that's like pulling you towards yeah. it? Like how often are you in communication with that and having some sort of, uh, some sort of conversation where, whether that comes to direction or whatever, you know? Yeah, every, every single moment now. So it, um, you know, it used to be uh, every night. You know, I, I have a phone uh, calendar notification that says reflect on truth every day. Um, that's why I say it's kind of easy to become depressed and what you self-educate and the more intelligent that you become is because you become, once you see, you can't unsee. So, so once you are able to do something and you don't do it, or once you become aware that something's bad for you and you continue to do it, you're actually living against truth, which is, um, I heard this quote from my grandfather, an object in motion, right? That has energy or mass added to its momentum. That's asymmetrical will destroy itself. So if I'm driving a car 80 miles an hour down the highway and I have a wobbly front right tire and I go faster, my tire gets more wobbly, it falls off, I eventually destroy myself. I'll die in that example if I continue to go faster. Whereas sure. in that same example, if I have a wobbly tire, I slow down, pull over to the side of the road, fix my tire real quick, get back on. Not only could I go 80, I could go past that, right? And I'd be more stable sure. because I slowed down a little bit to be more symmetrical to balance myself to continue moving fast different times where we have to consider our pace we have to consider what we're doing um, and we have to consider what state we're currently in um, in our capacity to continue moving forward relative to you know where we're balanced and where we're imbalanced at so uh, long story short I just try to simplify it all to that understanding you know how do I feel in every moment of every day because um, every single decision I make now I'm actually aware in real time uh, and it kind of sucked for a little bit because of how much like truth I've, I've unveiled to myself but um, it, it honestly evolves you to a state where you're such like an integrous, powerful being because you have the capacity to, you have the, you have the responsibility, um, the mental capacity, the bandwidth to handle more truth. Um, and with that truth comes more responsibility on yourself. Otherwise you just kind of feel like dirt that you're not doing the things that you've exposed yourself to. So, um, that's kind of the pros and cons of self-education is you're forced to, to do what it is that you expose yourself to. And so the deeper you go, um, you know, the more responsible and integrous you have to become. So this is uh, podcast episode number one of Jeremy. Hand. <laughs> this will be one of many, man. It's on a level that I series. desire. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to we're have to have a spinoff on this. But I want to get as much. I know your time is valuable. It's worth a lot of money. Tell me this. I want to extract something for you talked about the VAKT model. I'd yep. like to extract one piece of content for each learner that exists inside of that four tier prong. Tell yes. me one piece uh, for a visual learner that you would have them digest, watch um, in, in that aspect, if you could pull that out of your state at this moment. 
Yeah, for sure. So, you know, on a piece of paper, it's really easy to like visualize what it is we spoke about. So brain activity, uh, there's a book called The Power of Habits by Charles Duhigg. It'll actually tell you in moments where we're in habits or routines and things are easy for us, that our brain activity is relatively low and that we don't have to exert ourselves a lot. So we're in states where you, know, you go and get in your car in the morning, you go to put your seatbelt on or like, you know, you just wake up, go brush your teeth. You have like a morning routine, you do the same things every day. Um, that's why, for example, Steve Jobs, Dr. Dre, Mark Zuckerberg, they were the same thing every day because they don't want to have moments in the beginning part of their day where they don't know something and they have to exert themselves further than they could otherwise control. Because as soon as you exert yourself further than you have to otherwise do, you, you don't seek out efficiencies and ways to make it easier on yourself. Your brain activity goes through the roof. On average, you exert yourself 10 to 20 times more on average than times where you're in a habit or a routine. So during this period right here, our neurology and our, our entire body, our being, is exerting ourselves 10 to 20 times higher than we normally are during routines and just basic processes where we sure. know what it is we know, we're skilled, we have confidence in that area, right? Even if we don't have the capacity to understand this visual right here, this is what you can get. Every time that you at least simplify yourself, educate yourself in an area, give yourself the right data, just, just in, a, in a simple way of describing it, make the process of what it is you're about to do easier for yourself through data, understanding, you wouldn't, you wouldn't, if I told you right now, wherever you're at in the world, if I needed you to go to the top corner of Russia to a random, you know, I don't know, random address, some pick up a package, and I told you you can't use a GPS, and you can't have anybody tell you how to get there, and you have to figure out how to get there, dude, your brain activity is going to be through the roof. You're going to be like, what the fuck are you talking about, dude? Like, I don't know how to do that. However, if I told you you had a GPS, you had all the money in the world, uh, all of your flights and everything were already set up, I had transportation for you. Literally, you just have to go on the journey and just like literally just be taken along like a package yourself to go pick up the package and then just literally get shipped right back. Dude, your brain activity would be so low. And I told you on top that you could pay 10 grand in both scenarios, right? You wouldn't want to do it over here because as soon as you start, you probably give up because you have to outperform yourself 10 to 20 times higher than you would in the other example. Sure. So constantly from a visual perspective, based on what we talked about to summarize, the, the basic concept of that is take what I just said through visual, look at it, and then in every moment of your day, just say, wow, I kind of feel overwhelmed right now. I wonder if my brain activity is being exerted more because I don't know something. And go and seek out data in that area and watch how much more easy, efficient, and just quick the process that you're trying to get done can become. On top of that, if you're, if you're an auditory individual, you've already had the best possible uh, you know, solution for you listening to a podcast delivered for all of this information. So you don't have to have anything simplified to go back and listen on this whole thing. And I bet you understood deeper than the people who watched it saw it. You probably understand it deeper than I understand it explaining myself because auditory people take information in that way. Here's a trick. Kinesthetic people, all this information you just learned, kinesthetic or tactile people, tactile people, since you guys like touch and feel senses, go write it. So like take your notepad out, take a whiteboard, like just literally you can write bullet points, kind of like an executive summary of a book of what it is you learned. Um, kinesthetic people, every time you touch something, that's why I love whiteboards. I, I in my uh, house in Miami, I have like those giant sticky pads on the wall and like whiteboards everywhere because every time that I want to express myself, my output, my output is typically kinesthetic, tactile, or uh, visual. So, um, you know, you have to know your input, you have to know your output. Um, as well, if you're, if you're a kinesthetic and you operate more off feeling, a lot of this stuff should have made you feel good. If it didn't, here's a three-step neurological process to understand why not. If you're ever in disagreement with information, you're never going to be able to process it. So literally, if you're ever in a sales cycle, if you're ever just trying to take something in, if you're ever just trying to understand something and you can't literally understand it, you probably disagree with something that's been presented. Here's the three-step process. Okay? You have your amygdala, you have your limbic system, and you have your frontal cortex. So you have a process of agreement and disagreement, and then emotionally relating to it, 
through past experiences of self or past experiences of others. You try to emotionally relate to that. And then we can logically consider what it is that's been presented to us. Some have a, have a process that's lower in certain areas than others, meaning some have a limbic system that might only process 10% emotion and then immediately put it to the frontal cortex where it has 90% of the logic. Those are more like logic, direct type individuals. Um, some people have the control or the capacity of it from just being self-aware, but a lot of people are more emotional than logical. So if you understand that as soon as somebody's in disagreement, information won't actually flow through their brain because their amygdala has blocked it and all those fight or flight um, processes, those hardwired systems that I talked about to protect yourself, all of them are firing. So literally information can't process. However, if somebody's in agreement, meaning if you're kinesthetic and you, you have got it to the point where you're in agreement, what happens next is you actually emotionally relate to it. So through the stories I'm talking about, try to relate them to your past self in situations where you've related to those things, or think of all the people that you've talked to about those same things and try to relate it to their experiences. Because as soon as you emotionally relate to something, that's when you can logically consider it. And as soon as you can logically consider it, and if you can master that flow of being able to get things to your frontal cortex, you'll be able to master the ability to apply data in real time, and you'll be able to at least have more uh, abilities and potential in life due to the fact that yeah logic is important it's not it's not mandatory per se but yeah absolutely you'd rather be logical than emotional every day of the week and it's no disrespect anybody who thinks they're more right brain than the other it's just at the end of the day yeah we're, we we developed our frontal cortex evolutionary over the last hundreds of years not thousands of years once again it's got bigger and bigger and it's continuing to get bigger so logic once again is considered to be um, what's actually going to guide us towards a more stable less chaotic um, collective society as long as individually we make those choices. Three gatekeepers, man. Amygdala, the limbic system, and the frontal cortex. Oh, man, on fire. With, I tried to throw some gasoline on it, man. I, I enjoyed the process. Last thing I'll say before we close this thing out, my man. Give us a quote, man. I'm a quote guy. I'm fueled by quotes. My life right now is in the transitional period as I collect all the metaphysical energy that I have to literally like Ryu push energy towards in the direction that I'm headed. Um, so I'm collecting, consuming, and moving to production phase. Um, give me a quote that's relevant to where I am, what I'm collecting, and how I'm moving forward. So right now, uh, based on just everything you said and everything we just talked about, simplest thing to always remember is a very powerful quote um, is at any point uh, whenever we're drawing things into fruition don't ever judge it by external circumstances uh, it's quote number one for you quote number two if it takes you less than five minutes just do it now so that means if it takes you less than five minutes to learn something new just do it now if uh, something comes up or is presented to you and you want to act on it just do it now if it's something in your job and you're reacting in your business, just do it now. But make sure that you mitigate distractions and have times where you don't do those things. It's another powerful quote for you. Um, three, I'd say knowledge trumps emotion. Boom. Drop the <laughs> mic, my man. Uh, Jeremy, it's been an absolute blast. Uh, I will, and I most definitely am already trying to figure out uh, how, to, how to position episode number two of this conversation. Uh, hey, whenever, whenever you're ready, I'm always, I'm always ready for it. And, uh, you know, if anybody ever has any questions or anything like that, you guys can always hit up Wes, but my, my Instagram is at Jeremy, and uh, I'm always here answering questions. I just love helping people um, help other people, you know, through, through individually unlocking ourselves to the highest potentials we can live. 
uh, we can we can collectively help other people, but it starts on an individual level. So it becomes your response. The greatest control is a control of thyself, my man. Jeremy, it's been a blast, brother. Uh, we will have plenty of conversations, man. I appreciate you coming on. Absolutely, Thank you, man. What a great conversation. Probably one of my favorite, one of the most profound for sure. I feel like I could have just thrown Jeremy out a ball and let him go play in a corner by himself with this conversation, man. He had so much to deliver, so much value. So make sure you get over to Instagram. It's at Jeremy. Nice and simple there. Get over. If you're interested in building your own personality brand, you can find his business, megalodonmarketing.net. It's all in the show notes. And as well, um, if you are thinking at all about doing anything right in this moment, I would be so appreciative if you would stop, take a second, take a screenshot of this Spotify link or of this iTunes link, wherever you're consuming this content at the moment and tag myself or Jeremy on Instagram. You can find me at Wesley T. Knight. You can find Jeremy at Jeremy. Let us know what you thought of the episode. Let us know your reviews. We we love to hear exactly what you think, some of the more profound moments that you found inside of these episodes. And as always, man, the organic word of mouth growth is how this podcast continues to grow and expand. Obviously, reviews on iTunes are what moves it up the charts. So if you've got time, shooting us a review would be something I'm grateful for. But at the end of the day, a good share on Instagram, a good share on Snapchat or any of your social sites, as well as, hey, shooting this over to a friend in a text message. That's the way that this can that this community continues to grow. So as always, guys, love every single one of you, and I can't wait to continue to bring you more goodness uh, as we keep searching for the best versions of ourselves. We'll talk to you guys soon. <laughs>